Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. And this is what uh, it says, starting in verse 17. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you shall no longer walk, everybody say walk, as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth, everybody say truth, is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed, everybody say renewed, in the spirit of your mind. Come on, everybody say mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Tonight, what we're going to talk about, I was trying to find and, and figure out a catchy title or something that was alliteration. If you know my titles, you know how I, I love alliteration. But nothing was coming to me. I said, you know what, I'm just going to speak what we're touching on. So what we're talking about tonight is the renewal of our mind. The renewal of our mind. Come on, let's pray over the service together. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit reigning free tonight. We thank you, Jesus, that what takes place tonight, let it be a seed to be sown, God, in our hearts and in our souls. And let us be able to take grasply, God, the, the word of the Lord that you have for us tonight. That we know that we have gathered for your name, that we have gathered, Father, go closer to you. So let there be miracles, signs, and wonders taking place tonight. We thank you, Father, for freedom being in the house tonight. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of truth being in the house tonight. That, God, we're just going to see your perfect will take place. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you for just giving us the opportunity to gather like this and be able to go closer to your name. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise, and then y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Uh, if you don't know this, um, uh, Haley and I uh, got married in uh, Valentine's Day uh, 2020. And so we've been married a little over two and a half years now. Uh, which, you know, a lot of married folk in here says that's not long at all, but to us that seems like a long time to me, all right, two and a half years, and, and right now we are uh, expecting a, a baby girl in January. We're excited about that, and we're just looking towards the future, but when I was thinking about this subject that we're talking about tonight, it made me think about uh, the day that we got married, and uh, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty even-killed guy. Like, I, I almost take pride in the sense of that nothing can get to me, uh, nothing can phase me. Like, you know, I'm, you know, nothing can take me out of my flow, my groove. But on the day of my wedding, I just woke up and something was different. I woke up on the day uh, of, of our wedding and I was like, I'm getting married today. I was just like thinking like how big of a day this is and how this is going to be life changing and it's going to be the best day ever. But also like there's so many things happening. And uh, when we got married, we got married about 30 minutes out of town. And, and so I had planned on driving myself uh, to the wedding venue. 
Um, some of my groomsmen offered to drive me. I was like, nah, I got it. Don't worry. Like, I'll drive myself. It's not a big, it's not a big deal. But I remember that morning getting ready and driving to the venue, and my mind was all over the place. Like, I was just like, I couldn't focus. I, I couldn't, like, I was like, like, I was trying to drive, and I was trying to, you know, stay, you know, uh, you know, clearly my eyes on the road, but my mind was drifting. I was like, I'm getting married today. Like, what, like, I'm like, it's such a big deal. It's such a big day. I remember just thinking to myself, like, I just need to survive this drive. Like, I just need to make it there. Like, this God, don't let me, you know, get in an accident or anything like that. And, and I actually had to make a uh, pit stop here at the church, um, because I had to print out my vows. If you know me, you know I have terrible handwriting. So I wasn't going to risk writing it, so I had to print it out, and the printer of the house wasn't working. And so I was actually going to stop by the church first before I went to the venue. And on my way to church, I just, I was onto this church. I was, my mind was just everywhere. And apparently, okay, apparently I ran a red light, okay? I don't even remember it. I don't even remember it. But apparently I ran a red light, and because I was driving, I looked behind me, and there, a, a cop is behind me with his lights on. I'm like, what did I do? I'm going to speed limit. Like, I'm I was probably going like 10 under. Like, that's how nervous I was driving. Um, but he pulled me over, and, and I actually told him this long story. Of like, I was like, I'm so sorry uh, for running that red light, because apparently I did. I didn't think I did. You know, I, I probably didn't even notice it if I did. And I was telling him, like, today I'm getting married, and uh, I gave him this whole spiel about how, you know, it's my wedding day. I'm so excited. My mind's all over the place, but don't worry. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be focused on the road. I, I apologize for that. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, for certain he's going to let me off, right? Like, for certain, like, you know, it's my wedding day for crying out loud. You're not going to give me a ticket on my wedding day. And, um, but uh, long story short, I give him this long spiel, and then after all that, he goes, oh, that's cool, man, and then he handed me a ticket, and I got a ticket on my wedding day, and I actually have a, a video, real quick, quick video that I took, because uh, I wanted to show Haley, I think. Uh, so I got pulled over four hours wedding day. Starting off strong. Long story short, do not drive on your wedding day, okay? It's not worth it. Your mind's all over the place. Um, but if there's something that I connected with that is that living a life where your mind is clouded, living a life where your mind hasn't been fully given over to Christ, it can feel like you're trying to, to steer your life, but your mind's not right. Like you're trying to go in the right direction, but because you don't have the correct indication that Christ has given us and you haven't fully had the renewal of your mind like Paul was talking about, it's like trying to drive a vehicle but being clouded vision and not understanding your direction and you're running red lights in your life and you don't even know it. You're taking the wrong turns and you don't even know it. And, and I believe that's that is what Paul is referring to when he's talking about the renewal of our mind because that can cause us to feel clouded and distracted and we won't know what the direction of the calling that God has for our life. It can almost feel like um, our, our life we're living is, is behind a veil and we can't quite get a hold of life. We can't quite figure everything out. Uh, this deeper service, we're going to go deeper into what uh, Pastor Bobby talked on Sunday and and when I was listening to in this message, he began to talk about the veil, if y'all remember, right? He began to talk about the veil and that represented um, 
uh, the separation between us and God's presence, the, the veil that was in the, the temple of, of God and, and the veil that was separated the, the holy place from the most holy of holies. But what we talked about on that Sunday is that that separation was actually torn in two when Jesus gave up his spirit on the cross. And, and that because of what Jesus did for us, now you and I can freely experience his presence. We can freely experience salvation all because of what Jesus did for us over 2,000 years ago. I mean, who's glad and thankful for what Jesus did for us? So we talked about the veil and felt led to go deeper into what does that mean? Because when we talked about the veil, we talked about there's many things that the veil could represent in our lives. That even though God has split the veil in two, there's some things that we still feel like we, we can't get past or see past. or some things in our, in our mind, whether that be holding on to a relationship, whether that be a lifestyle, whether that be habits, whether that be things that are holding us back. Maybe a veil in our life that we haven't fully given to God. But see, what we have learned in, in life is, in, in this life with Christ, is that we can't not fully remove uh, the veil in our minds unless it's done through Christ. That we can't look to the world, we can't look to podcasts, we can't look to self-help books, but only through Christ can that veil be removed. Because God did not call us a life to be freed of sin, but to be restricted by our mind. God did not call us to live a life that might be on the path to where he wants us to go, but for us to be confused and to not clearly understand our direction. But God has called us to live a life that we know exactly what he wants us to do. And we might not see the future, but we have the faith to follow after him because we have the renewed mind and know that following after Jesus is what all it takes for us to, to see his fruitfulness in our life. And so it's only in following after him that we can see and remove the veils from our minds and have a renewed, everybody say renewed, mind. So if you're ready to go deeper tonight, come on, give Jesus a shout of praise one more time because I'm ready to, to go deeper into what he has for us. So we're going to pick back up in Ephesians 4, what we read, and kind of break it down verse by verse. Uh, but in Ephesians 4, 17, it, it read this when Paul was talking to the church in, in Ephesus. He says, this is I say. Therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk. Everybody say walk. As the rest of the Gentiles walk. Now, when Paul was referring to the Gentiles, he was referring to, to people who uh, have uh, denied uh, Christ. Referring to people who maybe even live unaware to, to God's uh, presence in their life. He, he, he's not just talking about all Gentiles. He's talking about anybody uh, who has uh, continue to live a life of sin and not committed their life to Christ. Because we know this, we know that because of Jesus, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, but under the name of Jesus, we're all one people, correct? So when he was talking about Gentiles, what he, was just, he was referring to people who, who were still living in rebellion. But Paul was saying this, he says that if you are saved from a life of sin, then you should act differently from people who are still slaves to that sin. Because sometimes as Christians, we can have this way, this habit of trying to portray to the world that we are, we are no different than them. By trying to portray to the world that there is really no difference between us because we want to live for Christ, but we also want to make sure we fit in and are accepted. And 
We also want to make sure that, that the world portrays us in a light of uh, in society that we can still be accepted and, and, and still have that sense of not being different from the world. And instead of us looking to be different from the world, we're looking to be accepted by the world. But what Paul was saying is that when you live a life of Christ, you're not supposed to walk like everybody else walks. When you live a life of Christ, you're not supposed to talk how everybody else talks. You're not, you're not supposed to have a lifestyle like everybody else has that lifestyle. You're, you're supposed to be different. See, we're not called to conform to the culture of the world. We are called to counter the culture of the world. Because how are we supposed to reach this world and how are we supposed to show the change in this world if we are not living any different than the world is living? The only way we can make a difference in this society and in this culture is for us not to live like them, but to live consecrated and to live in a way where they look at us and say there's something different about them. Maybe there is something different about this man named Jesus because how can we try to change somebody if we're living exactly like that person? The only way we can stir up change on the inside of them is for them to see Christ on the inside of us and see something different. For them to know that if there is something different on the inside of them, I, I want what they have. I see the peace that they have. I see the joy that they have. They're, they don't walk like me. They don't talk like me. They don't act like me. There's something different about them. That is what the world to say about the church. They shouldn't look at the church and say, oh, there's no difference between us. Or, oh, they talk just like I talk. They act just like I act. They, they behave just like I behave. So why should I give my life to Christ? No, they should look at the church and say, they are doing the exact opposite of what I'm doing. They are acting in a way that I don't act. They, they aren't cussing like I cuss. They're not living like I live, and yet they have a peace that I don't have. So obviously something's working for them. So obviously something's right about how they're living. And that's how we inspire change in the world is that we don't live like them, right? That doesn't say that we are better than them, no. But that's saying that there's a better way to live, that there's a better way we can have this life, have joy in this life. That is the opportunity that church has. As we continue in verse 7, and we're saying that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. And he said in futility, everybody say futility of your mind. Notice he didn't say in the emptiness of their mind. He didn't say, oh, all of them are dumb and incompetent and they don't, they're unintelligent. No, he just said futility. I believe it's this because the world has good ideas, right? Like there's some awesome, you know, advances of technology. That's, that's a really great idea. But just because you have great ideas, if you don't have the mind of Christ in the end, it's futile. It's because you have awesome ideas, and they just had the, the Apple event today, and they're announcing all this new technology. Those are great events and ideas and advances in understanding, but if it's not connected to God in the end, it's futile. What he was saying is that how these Gentiles live who are separated from God, they might have good ideas. They might have these great uh, advances and understanding of science or what have you, but if it's not connected to God in the end, it's fruitless. In the end, it's futile. In the end, it might be earthly uh, advancement, but it's not advancing in heaven. In the end, it might be a, something that on earth we say, that's a great idea, but in heaven, it's not making any movement. Why? Because we have to be connected in our mind to God. 
is that's what having a renewed mind does. It gives us effectiveness. Everybody say effectiveness in the kingdom. Right? There's some things that you would have no idea of, of doing. There's some thoughts that would never came to your mind. But because you're connected to God, it gives you the idea and you can advance the kingdom. Amen? Because you are connected to God, he gives you insight and now you can advance the kingdom. And now those ideas you have, they're not futile. They're fruitful in the spirit. Come on, if you're excited about being effective in the kingdom, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight, church. As we continue in verse 18, it says they were having, and he's still talking about the Gentiles here who were separated from God. He says still having their understanding darkened. Everybody say darkened. Being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. But because of the blindness, everybody say blindness, of their, of their hearts who being past feeling, they become numb, have given themselves over to lewdness and to work all uncleanness with greediness. See, Paul is talking about how their minds and how they become unaware and they have become unknowing of God. Like before, like they, they have no awareness of God in their life. They, they, have, they are ignorant about the goodness of God. You know, whenever I think about my life before Christ or I talk to somebody about their life before Christ, uh, it feels the exact same way that Paul is describing these Gentiles, right? We're living a life and it just feels chaotic. Like life before Christ was unclear and uncertain. Life before Christ is, almost feels like you're driving in the dark with no headlights, right? You're going, you're moving, but you're going in the wrong direction, and you don't know if you're, if you're figuring things out or not. And, and even, I can remember this clearly, that even when I, before fully giving my life to Christ, even when I tried to make the right decision, and I tried to do things that were right, because I was unaware of God's goodness and grace, I would still mess things up, even when I tried to be good. Even when I try to do things honestly. But see, if we're not connected to Christ, it doesn't matter how good we act. If we're not connected to Christ, it doesn't matter how many works, how many things, how many things we think that, oh, this is a, a kind of good thing to do. If we are not connected to Christ, it's still going to feel like cloudy, dictated. It's still going to feel like we have no direction. That's what it feels like before Christ. But see, when we submit ourselves to God... That is when our minds is renewed in Christ. And now it's almost like turning the lights on when you have the renewal of your mind. It's almost like putting glasses on for the first time when God renews your mind. It's almost kind of like giving you a new perspective. And even though you might have the same problems, because you have a new perspective, now you have the advantage over those problems. Amen? And that's what the renewal of our mind does. Is that now before Christ, you might have been running around with no direction and, and no way of knowing if we're making progress. But now after Christ, after the renewal of our mind, we see what God wants us to do. And now we have a direction for our life. And now we have a purpose for our life. It's almost like when we renew our minds, it's like God removes the blinders that we had in our life. That now we can see things how we're supposed to see them. That's point one for tonight. Is that a renewed mind is what removes the blinds. A renewed mind is what removes the blinds. See, you might not even know it. You can remember back to your time before Christ. It's almost like you thought you knew everything, right? 
Like before you lived a life after Christ, you thought you had everything figured out, right? You, you thought you had all these things put together, but then you had the renewal of your mind, and you're like, wow, look at all what I was missing out on. Wow, look at all this peace I have access to. Wow, look at all these things that now I can see clearly now because before Christ I was blind, but after Christ now I know the truth. That is what the renewal of our mind does. And in that, see, that's when Christ, he gives us the freedom. That's when we have the freedom from insecurities and the, and the freedom from all these things that we battle with in our mind. We, we see clearly now because now we know the truth. Now, before Christ, you might have been convinced of an insecurity, but after Christ, now we have the truth of our identity, right? Before Christ, you might have been convinced that we're not enough, but after Christ, now we say, no, I am a child of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only, not beneath. And if God has spoken it, then it shall be done. I'm going to follow after Jesus. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about anything else. That is what the renewal of our mind does. It's almost like taking the blinds off. And now we're seeing, oh, my gosh, I thought, now, now I realize I didn't know anything. Matter of fact, I didn't know nothing back then. Now that I have the renewal of my mind, I can see clearly now. In verse 20, as we continue, he says, but have you not so learned? Everybody say learned. I love how he learned, used this word learned. He said, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth, and everybody say truth, is in Jesus. See, the truth is in Jesus. Jesus is the truth and the life. Nobody can get a renewal of our mind unless it's through Jesus. Nobody can begin to see things the way God wants us to see them only through Jesus. The only way to the Father is through Christ, right? We all agree with that tonight, right? So he's saying Jesus is the truth, but then he used the word learned. Paul said to learn Christ. He didn't say all you have to do is know Christ. He said learn Christ. Almost like it's a, a continual thing to do. Almost like it's something that we do every day. It's, it's learning Christ. It's living with Christ. It's spending time with Christ. That means that a renewed mind is an ongoing education. A renewed mind isn't something that happens right away and then you got it. You don't look at a book and all you have to do is glance on it, and then you got it. No, you have to continue to learn on it and meditate on it and begin to see it through his lens. And that is what it means to learn Christ is to live like Christ, to be taught by Christ, study his word, and to pray in his name. We are, whenever we do that, you know what we're doing? We're spending time in his presence. We are learning about Christ. Every time we read the word, what are we doing? We are learning about Christ. Every, every time we spend time in prayer, what are we doing? We are learning about Christ. And each time we do that, we are having the renewal of our mind. Point two for tonight is this. A renewed mind is not a singular event, but a continual process. A renewed mind is not a singular event, but a continual process. That to have a renewed mind is not a one-time event. Everybody say, it's not a one-time event. But a lifetime education, a lifetime education, it's something that we're doing every day. It's something that, hey, every time you wake up and you say, thank you, God, for today, guess what? You're in the classroom that day. Every day you're learning from Christ. Every day you're seeing the more vastness that God has for you. Every day is an education, and that's what we call sanctification, right? 
That's what we call every day I'm spending time with you, Jesus. And every day I'm going to get better in the things that you have for me. Every day I'm going to know more of what you have for me. That is what we call learning about Christ. And all of us are on that path. There is not one person who ever graduates before heaven. Okay, can I just say that much? There's not one person who can be like, all right, I don't need to learn from Christ no longer. I'm perfect, right? There's not one person who can say, I've reached the point where I don't need to pray no more. I've reached the point I don't need to go to church no more. Hey, look, if somebody says, I don't need to go to church no more because I know about Jesus enough, pray for them. All right, that's all you got to do. All right, don't, you know, don't, you know, just pray for them because we are all on that path of learning about Christ, about sanctification, about growing closer to him. Because I don't know about you, but every day I want to grow closer to Christ. Every day I want to make sure that I'm getting better in Christ. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to stay stagnant. No, I want to spend every day in his presence. I want to spend every day speaking and praying and living in the presence that God has for us. We're all on that path. So how do you continue to learn in Christ? Well, for that, you need a good teacher, right? This is what I love in John 14, 25. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking in John 14, 25. He says, I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach, everybody say teach, you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Isn't that awesome? See, not only did, did Jesus, right, give us the word and for us to study on, but he gave us his spirit to guide us and to teach us. He didn't leave us on this world on our own. No, he gave us his spirit so that way we could be taught and be guided by him. See, that is why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives because he says he is the great guide. He is the great comforter. He's the great teacher. I can tell you how many times there's, I've been in my life where I didn't know what to do, but then I heard that still small voice who told me, where to go. I can't tell you how many times I was confused or, or I was in grief, but then the great comforter wrapped his arms around me and said, it's okay. I still here with you. You haven't lost everything, right? The future is still going to be great in the name of Jesus. And every time I needed a lesson, I always knew where to get taught. Every time I needed to learn, I always knew that I had a great teacher and it's the Holy Spirit that we have on the inside of us. That is why we have to have the Holy Spirit in our life. It's been so many times I've been comforted in my sorrow or woken up in the middle of the night and given direction. Why? Because we are meant to live this life following after the, gu the guide that God gave us. The Holy Spirit, the teacher that God gave us, the, the Holy Spirit, the comforter that God gave us, the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you this, if you have hunger for the Holy Spirit, you will be filled. No questions about it. If you have hunger for the Holy Spirit, you will be filled. There is, there, all you have to do is thirst after righteousness and you will be filled. All you have to do is, and you will be filled. Come on, if you're thankful for the Holy Spirit tonight, give, him, give, give, give Jesus a shout of praise. We continue in verse 22. And this is Paul talking, says, that you put off, and he's talking about the old man. He says, concerning your former conduct. The old man, everybody say the old man, which grows corrupt according to this, the deceitful lust. See, Paul is beginning to talk now to the saints. He's beginning to talk now to people who have given their life to Christ. And he says, see, 
He said, you used to have an old man. You used to have an old nature. See, before we can ever step into something new, we first have to let go of the old. Before we can fully accept something new from God, we first have to be willing to let go of our old nature. See, sometimes when God can fill up our mind, we got to clean house with some things. See, before God can give us a renewal of our mind, we, we might need to let go of some old mindsets. We might need to let go of some old idolatry or old things that have been holding us down. Why? Because if we don't let go of the old, we'll never fully hold on to the new that God has for us. And this is where really the church has trouble because we want Christ fully, but we also don't want to let go of the crazy fully, right? The crazy old nature, right? We're some things that we're still kind of holding on to. Yes, we want to live like Christ fully, but there's some things we still want to hold on to. We aren't willing to let go of old mindsets or willing to let go of old lifestyles or habits or routines. And we want fully of Christ, but we haven't let fully go of the old. This is what Matthew 6, 24 has to say about that. This is Jesus talking. He says, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, Jesus used money as an example, but it can also be any materialistic things. Anything you put before God, that's what Jesus is talking about. Anything that you put before God and your relationship with him, that is what he is talking about. He said, look, if you try to serve those two things, it's not going to work. If you, if you don't give yourself fully to me, let me tell you something, it's not going to work. We, we can't serve those two things. It's not going to work. If you want to receive something old, we've got to give up something old. Point number three for tonight is this. The renewal of the mind is the removal, everybody say removal, of the old. The renewal of the mind is the removal of the old. You can't hang on to the old and the new at the same time. Something's got to give. You can't hold on to your old nature and reach for your new nature in Christ. No, something's got to give. The only way that you can fully step into the new is going to say, God, I'm giving up those old mindsets right now. God, I'm giving up those old habits right now. God, I'm giving up those old lifestyles right now. I know it's, they're toxic. I know they're not good for me, and I'm letting go of them. God, why? Because I want fully that Christ has for us. Amen? If you want fully what Christ has for you, then you got to let go of the old things that have been dragging you down. Sometimes what really what I like to pray is this. When I go into prayer time and I say, God, you know, what are some things that need to be ripped from my life that's keeping me from you? God, less of me and more of you. That's a tough prayer to pray because let me tell you something. God's going to answer you and you might not like it. Because you might go into prayer and say, God, uh, what is something that I need to give up? What is something that I need to take out of my life that is hindering my relationship with you? And let me tell you something. God's going to answer that prayer. He's going to say, you need to give up this. And he might say a TV show or might say something that you feel the conviction about. Or you might say a relationship that's holding you down. And you have to be willing to give up the old if you want to fully step into the new. You have to fully say, God, I commit myself to you. I, I don't want to hang on to these insecurities no longer. No, I want to step into the identity that you have for me. Because what happens in this life, even after we commit ourselves to Christ, is that the enemy tries to drag us back to the old. He tries to drag us back to old lifestyles, 
old lies, old insecurities. And, and when we begin to think about our future, he begins to remind us of both our past and our mistakes. And, and it gets us in a jumbled mindset. But when we say, you know what, I'm letting go of all that. I'm letting go of the old. I'm letting go of the past. I'm letting go of all those things that are holding me down because I want to step fully into all the new things that God has for me. Amen? That's where God wants us to be is not living life in the old and the new. No, to live life all in what he has for us. To live a life fully dedicated to all the things that he has written on the purpose of your life. To all the things that he has in store for your life. Sometimes I look at it and I just think we are carrying all this useless baggage with us and it's slowing us down. And we're thinking that we need it because sometimes it, we can trust our baggage a lot. Because when you're carrying something for so long, you don't know what it lives like to not have those insecurities, right? You don't know what life is like without having that anger and that jealousy. You don't know what life is like without having those things. And so you can grow so comfortable with it, you don't even want to let go anymore. But there's something that Jesus is saying tonight. He's saying, let go of the old so you can grab onto the new. Let go of all the old uh, dead nature so you can grab onto the new. And I'm telling you, church family, if we do that by the renewal of our mind, we don't have to struggle with depression no longer. We don't have to struggle with anxiety and worry no longer. Why? Because those aren't the things that God wants for us. And if he doesn't want it for us, then we don't have to live in it. If God didn't call us to it, then we don't have to go through it. Can I tell you that much? Jesus wants the better things for us, and we just have to let go of the old. You stand to your feet. I'm closing tonight. Close with verse 23 and 24. Verse 23, Paul says, he says, and be renewed. Everybody say renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true, everybody say true, righteousness and holiness. See, God made us a new crea creation with a renewed mind. What I love about that is, is this. God didn't just want us to be a a new creation but stuck in old thinking. He didn't want us to be a, a, a new person but stuck in old insecurities. No, he wanted us to be a new creation with a renewed mind. I think there's so many people who are still struggling with the fact that they can move on from those insecurities. Because by the ministering of the Holy Spirit, we can have a renewed mind. We can have where God blocks out those past thoughts and blocks out those insecurities where he takes care of all the things that are holding us back that has weighing down our minds. God doesn't want us to be stuck in the old. God wants us to be freed. He doesn't want to be imprisoned by our mind. He wants us to be freed from our mind. God wants us to be renewed in our thinking. I'm going to close with this thought. Is that when we focus on what is true, everybody say true, our minds are renewed. When we focus on what is true, our minds are renewed. I believe that there are so many lies, so many distractions, so many things that take our eye off the ball. There's so many things that we can be convinced of to focus on. There's, there's so many things that can try to take our attention off of God, to can try to take our thinking off of God. But when we just focus on what is truth, our minds will stay renewed. 
when we just focus on Jesus, when we just focus on the things he has for us, when we just focus on the, on the peace and on the joy and all the gifts that he's given us, when we just focus on that, when we focus on what is true, our minds are renewed. You guys say this, the world can offer some great uh, uh, illustration and reflections, but it's not the truth. The world can offer some things that can seem like it's, it's had so much value to it, but it's not the truth. If, if we just focus on the truth, our minds will stay renewed. We, we won't fall into old thinking. We won't fall into old habits. We won't be convinced of old insecurities if we just focus on the truth, meditate on the word, focus on the things that God has for us. That is when our minds stay renewed. With every head bowed and eyes closed, we just want to pray tonight and or pass the mic to Pastor Bobby. And God's going to do something awesome in the house. But what I just want to pray is this, is that if there's anything that we're holding on to, if there's anything that is holding us back, that if there's anything in, that we feel like that we have been unwilling to step out of because we have been grown comfortable with our old nature, grown comfortable with these things that have been holding us down, that God is going to give us the release in the Holy Spirit, release in our mind. Father, we thank you right now, Father, that all those old insecurities, all those old habits, Father, that they're breaking off of our minds, that God, right now in the name of Jesus, that we're going to have freedom, Father, from any insecurities, that we're going to have freedom, God, from any old nature, God, that we're going to have renewal, Father, renewal, God, from old lifestyles, renewal, Father, from, God, toxic relationships, renewal, Father, from any condemnation, that, God, when we meditate upon your name, when we say, Father, forgive me, when we say, Jesus, I love you and we begin to give him praise and begin to give him worship that at that time that is when Jesus is renewing our mind that's when he's doing some brain surgery that's when he's beginning to repair that's when he's beginning to remove that's when he's beginning to restore that when we fully give our minds to Christ and we begin to enter in his presence that is when the renewal of our mind takes place that's when we are removing anxiety and restoring our joy that's when we're removing depression and restoring our peace that's when we're removing things from the enemy and instilling things from Jesus in our minds. So, Father, I thank you right now as we begin to give you praise and give you worship. Father, I thank you right now, God, that you are restoring our minds, that you are renewing our thought processes, God, that you are giving us freedom in the spirit, that we are not holding on to the old. We're not holding on to what is dead. We're not holding on to the things that are holding us back. But we're stepping into the future with you, God. That we're stepping into your name. That, Father, that we know without a shadow of a doubt that the direction you have on our life is worth dropping the insecurities, dropping the inside, dropping all the old to take on the new, Father. That we have the renewal of our mind. In the name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.